So, today we are carrying on our sermon series, uh, 4D Vision. That is what uh, we are looking at. Four dimensions, four directions of our vision. So we've already looked at the first week, we looked at aim high, give God your best. Then we looked last week, Matt was looking at dig deep, uh, build a faith that will last. We're talking about roots. This week we're looking at reach wide. Reach wide, and that is talking about everyone working together for the good of others. And no better place for us to start when we look at Reach Wide than the day of Pentecost, that reading that we just heard uh, read so well uh, by Hattie. And it's a great place for us to start as a church as well, because that is our passion. You've heard about some of it uh, already, but our vision is uh, to play our part as a church, along with all the other churches in Bristol around the country, in three things. The evangelization of the nation, people coming to know Jesus. Uh, the revitalization of the church, in other words, planting new congregations and churches around the city and beyond, and the transformation of society to help those who are most in need. And we've heard about some of the things that have started in the last few months, and it's an amazing vision. It's super excited to be part of. And if you're an activist, if, you're like a, if you feel like full of energy and you're always up for new challenges, you might be thinking, yeah, come on, sign me up. I want to do this stuff. But there may well be quite a few of us who are thinking, Sounds great, but if I'm totally honest, I'm knackered, I'm exhausted, I'm barely keeping my head above water myself. My spiritual life is not in a great place. If you knew what was going on in my life, you know, great, go for it, but I don't know about me. I don't know whether I can be involved. And I wonder whether the disciples felt a bit like that. They were in this gathering together on the day of Pentecost. Just by the way, they didn't know what was going to happen. We, we know because what was happening afterwards. So they were just gathering. And they must have, their brains must have been like completely all over the place. Jesus was supposed to be dead and then he's resurrected. Amazing. But now he's not here with, with us. He's ascended to heaven. So he's gone. But is he here? He said he was going to be here, but he's not here. And what are we supposed to do? And plus, Jesus' vision statement that he gave to us, he said, the Great Commission... Go and make disciples of all nations. All nations? There's just a bunch of us disciples here on our own. We're just Jews. We're just insignificant fishermen. How on earth are we supposed to do that? I don't know if you feel a little bit like that about the reach-wide vision, thinking, how on earth could I be part of that? Maybe you're excited. But I think there's something here in this passage today that is here to encourage us. Two things that I'd love to draw out of the approach that these disciples make that we can take on as well. So... Uh, two, you'll know that I, lo- I love a point, and I've got two points for you today. My first point is this. Switch your energy provider. Switch your energy provider. Have you ever had this when someone r- phones you up, or uh, you get a, like a weird phone number, and they say, would you like to switch your energy provider? And you think, no, I don't really want to. And, uh, but they sort of persuade you. Maybe they come around to your door. The reason why they do it, they often say it's cheaper, it's better, and it's uh, better for the environment. Those are quite often the arguments. And on the day of Pentecost, there's a real challenge to these disciples to switch their energy provider. It's tempting, isn't it, in the world that we live in, to provide all the power ourselves. In fact, that's what we're taught, be self-reliant. Determined to be, you know, the only person who's going to make it happen is you. You've got to determine your own destiny. Grab hold of it. Do everything you can. Achieve. Get the best grades. Get the best job. Earn the most money. Uh, marry the best person. You know, have the best future. It's all down to you. And therefore, it's part of the culture that we live in. 
It's a little bit like trying to power your own house by your own energy. I, I once went to a, um, a friend's sort of house party. They said, oh, do you want to come along? We're going to have, uh, we've got a friend who's a DJ. We're going to have a great time. And uh, they'd set up all the lights, massive sound system, quite a big house. And uh, when I turned up there, it was, it was great. It was really pumping. But they, when I, I went, uh, I said, you know, how, how's this all happening? And they said, well, it's a bicycle-powered disco. And I'd never heard of anything like that. Have you ever heard of a bicycle-powered? No? I mean, some people might have done that. But anyway, I went to another room next door, and there were two people on bikes pedaling away, making sure that the sound was... And, you know, if they, were, they flagged a bit, the sound flagged a bit. So they had to swap in other people. And so everyone took their turn. It was really fun, actually. But imagine trying to empower your whole house all the time by your own energy. It would be exhausting. And yeah, that's what we often try and do. We have this big vision for our lives. Maybe God's given it to us. And we think, I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to do it myself. But here on the day of Pentecost, something very different happens. They are empowered by the Spirit of God. And interestingly, the way that Luke, who writes this account, describes it, he says, he doesn't say it was, but he says it was like. He said it seemed to be. It was like, he says, a, a mighty wind. In fact, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, this is verse 1, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. The word there is ruach, which is the Hebrew word, which means breath or spirit. But it, it's like a tropical rainstorm. It's, it's, you know, like the last few days, if you walked here, you were probably blustered a little bit like the wind. This is even full, more full on than that. This is like a torrential downpour. This is like massive winds. And that was what it was like. He's sort of observing what's going on. He says, it's a bit like that. But then he goes on and he says, uh, verse uh, 3, it says, they saw what seemed to be, not necessarily literally, but tongues of fire that came to rest on them. We don't know exactly what was going on, but he said it, it's a bit like fire. It's a bit like wind, and it's a bit like fire. It's a bit like wind power and solar power. Imagine if someone said you want to change your energy mix in your household. You know, the wind is powerful. We've seen that. In fact, I read an article yesterday that on Friday, for the first time ever, wind power delivered two-thirds of the UK electricity because of the power of the wind. That wind is seriously powerful. You know, the sun for solar power is seriously powerful. Here's a few little stats. So I, I did a bit of research. Uh, it's made up of uh, gas and plasma, as you all know, uh, mainly hydrogen. Uh, and at the center of the core of the sun, it is 15 million degrees Celsius. It the energy produced at the core takes up to a million years to reach the surface. Uh, that is mind-boggling. And at the surface, it cools down to a very tepid 6,000 degrees C, which apparently is still hot enough to boil diamonds. I mean, that's pretty hot. And we think of these things as sources of energy. But you know what? In a, in a, in a throwaway line in the book of Psalms, it says about God, oh, he also made the stars. The sun's one star. He just, he's made them. I mean, that is the God that we're talking about. Hurricanes are nothing compared to God. The power of the sun is nothing compared to the one who made it. And this is the power that they encountered on the day of Pentecost. And so, it's very easy for us, as I said, to power our own lives. What does it look like for us to say, okay, I'm going to change my energy mix. I'm going to change the source of my power. I'm going to start beginning to rely a little bit more on the Holy Spirit, 
to empower me in the things he's called me to do, in my workplace, in my family, with my relationships, with my friendships, with uh, my aspirations, to say, Lord, I'm open. Because that's what happened to these disciples. And that's not to say that we then just sit on our sofa and wait for something to happen. Actually, it's as we begin to follow the breath of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, that things begin to change. We've got to be moving for it to happen. So we don't just sit still. Uh, St. Paul put it like this, 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, uh, Colossians 1, 29. That's why I work, he doesn't stop working, and struggle so hard. In fact, he's working pretty hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. In other words, the source of his power is God. And that's what motivates him and propels him out. Who is this Holy Spirit? You may have been thinking, you'd be banging on about this Holy Spirit, but I, I don't really get it. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, a few little things that we know from Scripture. The Holy Spirit is not a vague force, sort of mystical force in the universe. He's not the universe. No, the universe is distinct from the Creator God, but God is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he is personal. That's the second thing. He is a person who can be grieved and saddened, but also excited. He wills, he chooses, he directs. He's not just a feeling or emotion. Some people sort of think, oh, I feel good today. You know, the Holy Spirit may be a part of that, but the Holy Spirit is far bigger than your emotions. But the Holy Spirit is also so personal. And just like the wind and the sun, he's renewable. <laughs> he comes again and again to fill us over and over again. Just like the sun and the wind, he's free. You don't have to pay anything for the Holy Spirit. He loves to be poured out upon anyone who will ask. And just like the sun and the wind, he's good for the environment. The Holy Spirit created the whole environment that we live in. He is the one who is hovering over the waters, forming the environment that we live in. So if you're in any doubt, let me encourage you. Open yourself again. This Pentecost Sunday, this day when we remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the church, and start again with this new season in our lives by saying, Lord, I want to switch my energy provider. I want to ask you to empower me for the call that you've got on my life. So that's the first thing. Second thing that we take from this passage, switch your identity provider. Switch your identity provider. What do I mean by that? How do you define yourself? Or how do others define you? Where do you go to know who you are? It's the big question of our age, isn't it? How do I define myself? Who defines me? And we, we seem to have two options, really, don't we? We either allow other people to define us, put us in a box, say this, and understandably, we want to break out of that and say, no, 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 I'm not going to be. And the second alternative is to define myself. I decide who I am. And there are these two options constantly in our lives. Do I let other people define me? Uh, and also, what defines me? It's the other, the even more fundamental question. Am I defined primarily uh, by my age, or by my wage? Am I particularly defined by my gender or my job? Is it my nationality or my skin color? What defines me? And 
there's no, there's no bad, that's a, it's a good wrestle to be having. It's really hard sometimes to work it out. But something really interesting happens here on the day of Pentecost. The knock-on effect of what we've seen of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the disciples is something quite fundamental, I think. And I'd love to just unpack that a little bit. Verse 5 says this. Now, there was saying, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? There are these people, and Hattie did such a good job at reading through that list, didn't she? But it's an illustration of the different places that people had come from to Jerusalem at that time. And when they heard what was going on in this room with these disciples who were overflowing with the power of the Spirit, who were free to praise God in ways they'd never praised God before, this was not something they'd prepared for. This was totally new. But as people heard that, they gathered and they said, what is going on? Not only what is going on, but how come I can hear these Galileans, uneducated fishermen, speaking my language about God? There's something very profound about Pentecost. Because in the Old Testament... Uh, you hear about the, the Tower of Babel. You may have heard of this. This is the moment when uh, people became scattered. People's languages were all different. People couldn't communicate anymore, anymore. And diversity is fantastic, but this wasn't diversity. This was division. On the day of Pentecost, we see diversity in unity, which is an amazing moment, isn't it? To hear all these people coming back under one thing under one God, hearing the same God speaking to them. What an amazing change that happens. And as I said, God is passionate about diversity. Just look at the world around you to see that. You don't have to go very far. You know, yesterday was International Day of Biodiversity. And uh, I, I did a bit of research on that. 1.7 million species of animals, plants, and fungi have been, uh, been determined. But they reckon there are as many as 100 million different species. But you know, look around the room. I mean, each of us is different. Each one of us is a complete, unique makeup of personality, skills, passions, background. No one is like you, and no one is like the person next to you. Diversity is a wonderful thing. But diversity so often leads to division, as in the, in the days of Babel. And you don't have to look very far to see that in our world today, do you? Difference brings division. And yet, as I said, on the day of Pentecost, something very different happens. Diversity is celebrated, but also unity is found. Where? In God, in Jesus Christ. And so that is something that is super challenging. To focus our identity not on what the world says that you are, not what your um, grades say that you are, not what your job says that you are, not what your background says that you are, not any of those things, but to define yourself primarily by your relationship with God. And that is a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is what um, Paul writes in Galatians 4. He says, Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God's made you also an heir. What does it mean to be God's child, to find your identity in that? 
I, um, uh, a few years ago, I was, we were running um, Alpha. We run this Alpha course that you've probably heard about, a chance to explore faith, meaning, purpose. And we were meeting in a little group in London. And uh, we were meeting uh, face-to-face, it was pre-pandemic times. And in our group, uh, the first night, there was a guy called Mark. And Mark, uh, he was there sitting uh, in the group with his longboard and his hair, a very long uh, ginger hair down with a beanie on uh, and, a, and a few tattoos. And uh, I introduced myself and I said, you know, great to see you. How come you've come? And he said, well, my girlfriend said that I need to come and do this course. And I said, have you got any sort of background? And he said, no, I don't believe any of this stuff, uh, but it will be really fun uh, to pick it apart. And I thought, fantastic. That's the whole point of Alpha. So the weeks went on, and he, was, he, he really enjoyed it. He was very combative. He, had, he didn't believe any of it, but he was, really, he was a great guy, really. And he, we have an alpha weekend away. And I said to him, Mark, do you want to come on the weekend? And he said, yeah, I'd love to come on the weekend. I don't want to miss out on the group fun. I don't, I'd have FOMO if I, if I didn't come. So he came along. And uh, he, uh, on the Saturday night, we always pray for an opportunity. If anyone, no, there's no pressure, but if anyone wants to pray and be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we give that opportunity. And we just prayed. And I, I was actually leading the, the session, and I, and I just said, um, if anyone wants to pray, just pray, come Holy Spirit. And we prayed that very simple prayer. And as I watched, I saw uh, some amazing things happening. Uh, people were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I went up to Mark, and I said, could I pray for you? And he sort of, um, he, he looked awkwardly at the ground. And he said, yeah, okay, if you, if you have to. And I said, I don't, I don't have to. He said, go on then, just, just get on with it. So I, I prayed a very short, I just said, Lord, please would you fill Mark with your Holy Spirit? And uh, after a few minutes, he, he, he sort of, um, he was just looking at the ground the whole time. And he didn't catch my eye at all. And then, then he said, thanks so much. And uh, he sort of moved forward. And, and I thought he was going for a hug, but he, he actually wasn't. And it was quite awkward. He was actually trying to get out of the room. So he, as I went for the hug, he ducked under my arm and went out the room. So I was just there just doing, doing that. <laughs> So um, anyway, I just thought, I don't know what's going on with him. I thought, I've obviously uh, did a terrible prayer, and this is absolutely terrible. Uh, So I thought, well, I'll I'll, I'll leave him for a little bit. He obviously wanted to get out of here. So later on, I sort of walked outside, and I uh, I, I sort of walked out into the dark, and um, we're at this place down on the south coast, uh, um, Braxham Bay, and and and, and the sea was nearby, and and I walked out, it was pitch black, I couldn't see anything, I thought, well, even if he is out here, there's no chance I'm going to find him. So I turned around and went back in, and as I put my hand on the door handle, suddenly someone shouted from uh, towards the garden and the bushes, shouted, Toby. And I sort of thought, that's very weird. So I sort of wandered over, peered into the darkness, and I said, what is that? And there was someone sitting in a bush, basically. And, and I, I said, who's that? And he said, it's Mark. I said, Mark, what are you doing? And he said, can, can you come and chat to me? So I said, okay. So I got and sat down in the bush with him. And I said, what's going on? He said, you've got to tell me what's going on here. He said, um, he said as soon as you started praying, I, I, it, was, it was like something completely changed. He said, I felt this power in me and this warmth and this love. And you've talked about this, but I, did, I didn't really believe any of it. But suddenly I began to experience this thing. And he said, it was the most amazing feeling I've ever had. And I couldn't handle it. And so as soon as you stop praying, I'm sorry about the awkward hug, but I had to get out of there. And he said, I went down to the pub and uh, I, I, I just thought, I need, I need a drink. And so I got a bottle, a bottle of beer, actually, and I took it away with me. And I, came, I, I walked back to, to where we were. And, and as I was walking along, uh, he said, um, 
I, was, I started to pray, because I've never prayed before in my life. And I said, God, if you're really there, if that's you, could you give me a sign? And uh, he, said, he said, you know, when I was younger, I had a very traumatic upbringing. His mother died, and he was a single-parent family. He was in care for most of his childhood. And he said, my only positive memory from my childhood was the stars. I used to look up. And it was a, in that, he said, it's cloudy, isn't it? But he said, the moment that I said that, I looked up, and there was a tiny patch that opened up, and there was the stars. And it felt like God was saying, I still love you. I've always been with you, and I'm still with you. And then I came here, and I sat in this bush, and I thought, are you really real? God, I can't believe, are you really there? If you're really there, can you make Toby come out of the building? And at that moment, you came out. And I said, I had no idea. And he said, you know what, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. He said, now I've got a family. He said, I've never had a father, and now I've got a dad. And Mark's life was, from that moment, completely changed. He just couldn't stop talking about God. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. He brings that core identity. He says, you know what? You don't have to be defined by anyone else. You don't have to be defined even by yourself. You don't have to do it yourself. I've done it for you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. That is the wonder of the Holy Spirit. And to know that liberates us. It frees us. You know, I think, actually, I don't have to worry about what people think because they don't define me. I don't have to worry about, like, coming up with all the answers myself because God's got me. He knows where he's going to take me. He's got great plans for me. I'm confident of that. And it's so freeing. You can be freed for so many fears. You know, many of us struggle with fears, don't we, about the future or about what's going to happen or about our deepest insecurities. We're worried about those things. The Holy Spirit just begins to lift those off our shoulders and say, it's okay, I'm with you, I've got it, I've got you. And I think one of the most amazing fears he lifts off is sometimes the fear of difference. You know, we can find difference quite challenging. We all do, it's natural, isn't it? People who are different to us. But as I said, in the day of Pentecost, difference becomes a thing to be celebrated but unity around the person of Jesus. Two particular areas I'm really passionate about at the moment. One of them is church unity. I've just literally come from a meeting in the cathedral uh, of church leaders from every single denomination in Bristol, Catholic, Pentecostal, uh, black, white, Asian, every single background there, and everyone is praying for the city. We're praying uh, for the mayor, for the council, the newly elected uh, councillors. What an amazing picture. That's what Pentecost is about, is about unity in diversity. But also we've got a challenge, haven't we, in this Bristol city that we live in. On Tuesday is the the anniversary of um, George Floyd's death and all that has happened since then. And I, I don't know how you're feeling about that a year on. What's changed? One of the questions that's gonna come up is what has changed? But something needs to change. And uh, as you may know, when, if you were here last, last year, we determined that we were going to take four, four steps as a community. And this is all of us together. This isn't just me or it's all of us together. But four steps, I think we've, we've got them. We're going to say, we're going to pray. Oh, it's disappeared again. We're going to pray. We're going to listen. We're going to learn. And we're going to take action. 
Pray, listen, learn, take action. Now, we haven't solved it, and we, you know, I, I wish we were further on with this, but let me just tell you, just if, in case you're interested, where, where we've got to. Prayer. We are passionate about praying for justice, racial justice included in that. And so on Tuesday, come and join us as we pray for that on Zoom, 8 a.m. Uh, we'd love you to join with us. We're, we're going to keep that on the agenda all the time. Listen. We need to listen to one another. This is what we did around uh, this time last year. We gathered groups of people to talk about this subject, particularly to hear from people who've been the subject of racial discrimination and prejudice. And to hear those stories was so painful and so powerful, and so illuminating, so challenging. And it led many of us to confession, to say that we haven't done enough. To, to listen, to learn is the third one. To learn from one another, yes, but also to learn from the word of God. What does God think about racial justice? Uh, he's passionate about it. If you want to go on our website, we've got some scriptures there that illustrate that. Uh, to learn from God's word, to learn from uh, one another, but also to learn about our city, to learn about our history here in Bristol, uh, obviously incredibly complex, uh, to learn about the church makeup here. Did you, I mean, with the census result, I'm so grateful to, to Betty and Precious who've really helped me. I don't know if Betty and Precious are here today. I think, Betty was here earlier, I think. Anyway, uh, so grateful to you guys for helping with a bit of research on that. So uh, 2001 census, uh, 6% BAME uh, population overall in Bristol. Uh, 2011 doubled to uh, 16, sorry, went from 8% to 16%. Uh, and then this census that we've just had, we haven't got the results yet, but it's likely to be 20% or, or roughly that. As a church that is in the centre of Bristol, we need to be at least representative of that. And at the moment, we are, we're not there. It's not good enough. We're only 12%. Uh, and we need to get up to at least 20. That's, that's what we're praying for. And, and the last point is to take, take action. And we want to do some things to change that. So we've been looking at how we change our leadership structures uh, so that more people are representative of our congregation and our leadership. And I'm going to let you know a bit more about that in the next couple of weeks. I've got some exciting announcements on that front. Now, none of that is perfect. I wish we'd done more. I wish we could move further and faster. But um, we want to encourage you that we're still on it. And if you'd like to talk to us or talk to me about this, please do come and chat. It's part of our listening process. Talk to one another. Unity in diversity. So, two points that we take from the Pentecost story. My encouragements, my challenges to you. Switch your energy provider and switch your identity provider. And as you do that, God will empower you to reach wide. That's when it happens. As these things begin to change internally, he begins to stir in you a passion for action to change things, whether it is racial injustice, whether it is another thing that you're passionate about, maybe it's something in your workplace or your family, maybe it's your relationships, it comes from the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So let's not power ourselves, let's rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And last thing I would say, you, know, you might be saying, well, how do I switch? Great, great idea, I'd love to do both of those things. How do I switch? Well, it's interesting, at the end of this passage, it says this, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? This is the question we're all asking. What should we do? How do we switch? Peter replied, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And here's the, here's the clincher. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's, no, there's nothing else. You will receive it. 
Uh, he mentions three things. There's three things involved in being a Christian. We hear it here. Uh, repentance and faith. Put your trust in Jesus. That's the first thing. Second thing, that's something only you can do. Only you can do that. Second thing, he says, be baptized. That's something only the church can do. We had baptisms last week. I'm really excited. We're going to have some baptisms in July. Adult baptisms, we're going to, we've got a pool now. We've, we've bought, in fact, we've been given a pool. So we're going to be um, baptizing people. If you've not been baptized, you'd be, love to talk to someone about it. You'll explore the idea. Come and chat to us. Uh, that's something that the church does. And the third thing he says here is receive the Holy Spirit. And that's something that all of us can do. You know, whether you've been um, baptized or not, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in that order. You can receive the Holy Spirit because it's so easy, isn't it, for us to disqualify ourselves? I don't know about you, but you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, I mean, fair enough. If you've been at St. Nick's for over six months and you're on the mission initiative role, then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's fine. Or, or maybe you'd say, well, if you are nailing it by reading your Bible every day, then, then fair enough, yeah, you'd be holy. But not me. If you knew what my life was like outside of these four walls, you would know that I cannot receive the Holy Spirit. It's so easy to disqualify ourselves. But have you noticed what happens in this passage? It says, the wind of the Spirit filled the whole room. So everyone. Tongues of fire rested on each of them. So that's everyone. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's everyone. God says in Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So that's everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy regardless of gender. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams regardless of age. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. You don't have to have life sorted to receive the Holy Spirit. In fact, the only thing you have to do is ask. Ask. And God would love to give you his Holy Spirit. Should we ask? Yeah. I love your enthusiasm. Fantastic. Should we stand? If you're at home, you might want to stand as well. And we're going to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us again, just like on that day of Pentecost. Uh, so why don't we just take a moment if you're at home, you might be on your sofa, whatever, wherever you feel comfortable. But why don't you just close your eyes and we're going to, just so you avoid distraction, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. So why don't we pray together? And Lord, we thank you that you're here. Thank you that you love us, that no one is excluded Every single person who's here in the building, everyone who's watching online now or on catch-up, everyone is included. And Lord, we want to come to you tonight and ask you. Uh, I just, I'd, maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, you know what, I'm not even sure that I'm a Christian. I'm not even sure whether... I am. If you'd like to know, you, you can know tonight. You can talk to Jesus. You know, Jesus is alive. He's here with you right now. You know, might want to picture Jesus. And you, you can choose to follow him right now. I'm going to say a really simple prayer. You just echo this in your heart. Picture Jesus as he is right in front of you and speak to him and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me and you know me. 
You know my history, you know my past, you know my present, and you know my future. And I want to leave behind today the past, and I want to put my faith in you. I invite you to come in to my life right now by your Holy Spirit. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, but I ask right now for your forgiveness and please come into my life to fill me with your spirit and to never leave me. Amen. And if you, if you just prayed that prayer right now, you can know God's promise is if you ask, you will receive.